Well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and we have got a great lineup for you tonight. Uh, it was the same lineup as last week. We have Coach Bill Gunn and Coach Shane Matson returning, and we're going to continue to pick their brain from their experience and their wisdom that they received from their coaching careers. And, and we're going to play a little out of the hat, so they're going to be addressing some some random topics and I hope a lot of the younger coaches out there are listening and paying attention. Hey this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They're our presenting sponsor and we're very grateful for all the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at GreatSouthernBank.com member FDIC. Other sponsors we'll talk about throughout the show. Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter and Insurance, Bill Grant, Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So if you've missed last week's episode, part one of my conversation in St. Louis with Coach Gunn and Coach Matson, you can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to it under previous shows or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal, Helium Satellite Radio, you pick all of them under a coach's perspective. Part two with Coach Bill Gunn. He coached for 27 years, and for 26 of those years, he worked in the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association, giving back to the game. He did some broadcasting. He coached at Jefferson City as an assistant. He was the head coach at Cuba, Hillsboro, Cedar Hills, and he finished his career at Kirkwood before moving into the business world as a senior operations manager at Wally's which is one of the coolest convenience stores I've ever been in my life. It is like a needs its own zip code. It's humongous. Um, so Coach Gunn, tremendous coach, does such a wonderful job, and I'm glad we get to showcase him tonight. Coach Shane Matson back. He coached for 23 years. He also spent time in the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association, giving back to the game, 12 years of that. He used to have a YouTube channel when he was coaching Mustang Mania, and what an incredible opportunity that was to promote his program and, and to have a different outlet um, and being able to, to draw the parallels between coaching them on the court and promoting them off the court. It was a lot of fun to watch that. Um, he coached at MU, and he also coached at Central Methodist, Ellsbury, and he finished his career at Marquette before he became athletic director um, at Marquette. And so he uh, has done a tremendous job. He has also moved into the business world, and he works for Graves Golf, and, and he's a coach and membership liaison. And we're very fortunate to be able to have Coach Shane Matson joining us as well. So part two of my conversation with Coach Gunn and Coach Matson. Take a listen. All right, I have Coach Bill Gunn here, Shane Matson. Convinced them to come back for another interview, so I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks a lot for your time. Ready to play some out of the hat again? Let's go. We're ready. Yep. All right. Ah, they haven't cried yet, but it's coming. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Here we go. You ready for this one? This is one of my favorite questions, too. How do you handle tough attitudes when coaching? So it could be a tough attitude of defiance, or it could be an attitude of apathy. It could be, you know, how do you handle that? Because I think that is something a lot of coaches could always use more tools in the toolbox for. I think... One of the hard lessons I learned as I went through my coaching career and teaching career, and I, I hate delineating between genders, but it, I think in this case it's true and maybe not so much now as it used to be, but young men 
do not like being called out. It, it is a, that is a tough situation for them. When, when the three of us were in high school, a coach could call us out in front of the rest of the team in the middle of practice, and all we would do is we'd toe the line and get it done. Kids aren't brought up that way anymore, and it really bothers them. And now they shut down. So I think the simple answer from my end is getting them into a, a place where it's one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, let's have a conversation. I need to know what's wrong so I can help you. Because right now what we're doing is no good for you. It's not good for me, and it's really not good for our team. So talk to me so I can help you. Yeah. But I think you have to get it away from the heat of that moment. Mm -hmm. Not give them a, a, a stage, too. I think sometimes getting them away and one-on-one, -on -one, I like that. And I regret to say this, but it, when I was younger, it, I needed to get off the stage. Mm, there you go. So and that, that's my fault. And, yeah. and I, I did that a few times, yeah. and I, that wasn't a good example to set for the team. I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's, that's good. That's growth. <laughs> we, yeah, we were I'm just not, talking I'm not about growth. Feet tall right now. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Gunn, anything to add to that? Well, I think for me, I had an advantage. I was a psychology teacher, and oh, uh, and I and I really think and and Mrs. Gunn, my best assistant coach, always said <laughs> you need to peel back the layers, and really, I that was what psychology was. And one of the things that you would find is once you found out, you needed to find out everything you could about your players. You needed to know, and if you knew what motivated them, you also know what, what I don't wanna say the best way to punish them, but you know what works for them. You know what, you know, what affirms them, but you also know the best way to punish them. And once you find those things out, there's no, you know, fair is equal. It's just not. You have you have 12 different guys on your team, and and you know you might have firstborns, you might have lastborns, you might. All those things are so important. And and I, again, I don't know that I would have known those things in the first part of my career. Yeah. But as I got older and I'd been teaching psychology all this time, I found those things became so helpful. Bill probably did this too, but late in my career, we were going through a really rough stretch. I mean, we were in the doldrums of the season. It was rough coming to practice every day. And I pulled aside my, I don't want to say best guy, but the guy who could handle criticism the best. And I said, look, would you agree with me that we got to push through this? He's like, absolutely. I said, well, we got guys right now, they're a little sensitive. I said, are you okay knowing beforehand that I'm going to really get after you to bring it today? He said, absolutely. And I helped because he was oh, one of my best one players. One of my favorite players yeah. right there. And, and he said, we need this, coach. I get it. And he, and he said, thanks for telling me in advance. <laughs> so we had a great that. practice that yeah. day. Yeah, that, and that's part of that can be strategic. Yeah. That can bring up the whole, the whole team. Um, all right, so tell me um, what is your favorite sport to watch? And why? It does, and you cannot say basketball because that's obvious. My favorite sport yep. to watch. Pick another sport. Yep. Well, I I grew up a baseball guy. My dad put a bat in my crib. I played college baseball. <laughs> I thought I was going to play for the Cardinals. So I'm now on 27 stadiums out of 30 on my on my quest to see them all. So I love I love all sports. I certainly love golf. I love football but I also love baseball because even though people talk about how slow it is and it's boring, there's so many things that happen with every single pitch and I love the strategy well, of that. talking about peel back the layers, there's a lot of layers in baseball. I love baseball as well, but unfortunately as a YouTube TV subscriber, I can't hardly see any games. So that's my uh, commercial. <laughs> that's against, your pitch. Yeah, so no, um, I, I, I love baseball as well. I'm a big history guy, I love the history of baseball, but. Um, 
for for reasons that are fairly obvious, I am I am loving watching golf right now. I can't get enough. And I'm very angry today that the ladies U.S. Open is only on Peacock, which I don't have, <laughs> because I've been really looking forward to watching them. Uh, but I, I try to learn a lot from watching uh, the great players and see if there's things that I can bring to my game. Uh, not that I'm at their caliber, but there's always something to watch. And right. I think one of the things, and I imagine the three of us would be in agreement, it's hard to watch basketball as a fan. If you've been oh, a not coach. a fan, not yeah. a fan, and, yeah. And I can't, I, I, I can't, you know, can we have a possession without a ball screen? Can we have a post player? Uh, and can we shoot a 15 foot jump? Yes. Now, that's my old man rant for this show, but right. well, uh, try broadcasting yeah. games when you've been a coach for so long. I mean, what's the name of this show? Yeah, so, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, and I don't, I, the game is great, the players have skills that they've never had before, and I admire them. But there's parts of the game that aren't there anymore, and it, sometimes that really bugs me a little yeah. bit. Oh, I, I believe it. I believe it. All right, so um, if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break and come back, and we'll have another segment with you guys. All right, we'll be right back here. Shane Matson and Bill Gunn on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and we are talking with Coach Bill Gunn and Coach Shane Matson again tonight. Last week was part one. If you missed it, go back to acoachesperspective.com and catch up. We'll wait on you. All right, no, we're going to go on. This is part two of the conversation, and this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And we all know who has the best tasting chocolate, and that is Highland Dairy. They're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. We want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. Let's catch back up with Coach Gunn and Coach Matson. Well, welcome back to uh, our interview with Coach Bill Gunn and Coach Shane Matson, and, and we're playing out of the hat. Um, I, you know, I asked you last week when you were on the show, I asked you to describe the ultimate player. All right, let's talk about another extremely valuable role in coaching. Uh, describe the perfect assistant coach. Because well, you know we've, we've got to we have We both them. had some good ones. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what, what characteristics do you need to be an effective assistant coach? What do you want? It's interesting. Like my last, I think my last eight years, I had two guys who were phenomenal assistant coaches, and they both helped me in very different ways. Um, and I, man, I, I think there's just so many things. I think... You know, I think someone can be a good assistant if they're working up and they really want to be a head coach. But I also think someone can be a great assistant if they're just so happy to be an assistant and that's all they want to do. Uh, I think the biggest thing is you have to be on the same page. And when you're on the same page, because there's there could be times where players come to them and or, or even parents. But, but to be on the same page, then that really helps you in that trust factor. And so I, I love... You know, when I could just be like, I'm going to focus on offense and you're going to, you know, you get to focus on defense and then we're just going to go after each other in practice. But, but uh, for me, I, I'll throw a shout out to Coach Erickson and Coach Estes. And we work so well together. Um, and both those guys, they would, they would say something, you know, sometimes in the heat of battle, hey, we need to do whatever this is. 
But if ultimately I decided at that point, I no, we're not doing that. They supported that, and we and we moved, you know, and we we moved on. But they also were breaking down film. And I mean, we were all in it together, you know. And I, I but but again, I just think it's the trust factor and um, loyalty, you know, loyalty, yeah. and, and all those things. And they they absolutely would be great head coaches if that's you know if that was their opportunity. But they were great I, for us. Bill brought up a great point. A lot of it is the perspective of the assistant, which you have to respect as a head coach. Yes. What are what are their goals and aspirations? What strengths do they bring to the table? I mean, I, I think back, uh, Derek Hoffman, Eric Schwain, uh, Kevin Schultz, uh, Terry Hayes, Kent Proffer. I mean, those guys were as good as it gets. Um, Steve Creech at Ellsbury. But those guys all had different perspectives they came from and what they wanted. I would, I, I'm like Bill. To have a coach that you could every day, this is one of the greatest things I ever did. I had a couple of guys, I could turn 40 minutes of practice over to them. And usually it was fundamentals. You do fundamentals today. I don't care what you do. It's I write your name down for the next 40 minutes. How great an opportunity for a head coach to walk around and talk to kids. Yes. Because you don't get to do that when you're the head coach. So I really took, tried to take advantage of that. The other thing is you want somebody who will disagree with you and tell you if they think we should be doing it different with the understanding that you may tell them no. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but when you're really, Bill's probably the same way. You, I had a couple of assistant coaches. If at the end of the game, the side of my thigh had a bruise, <laughs> I knew we had a great game because I would call something and he was thinking the same thing and we would execute it. Boom, I'd get that hit on my, you know, oh and I knew if I got home with a bruise, we'd had a really good night for the coaching that. staff. And, and I, what you said about practice is when, it, because let's be honest, um, can we go ahead and admit that we're control freaks? Absolutely. Right? And so to be able to have an assistant coach that you can trust enough to run drills for 40 minutes and or that you can trust to say, hey, I, I don't like that, let's do this, or, or give you those suggestions, that's huge. That is huge. Uh, and, I think that's. And I would have to do. add real quick. I was an assistant for Coach Fox. You know, who's a Hall of Famer in he Jefferson City. Working with Coach Fox. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you know, and he had a pretty, <laughs> pretty amazing assistant in Andre Salmon. Yeah. Um, who's a Hall of Famer. But, but I just remember very well. He he would find our strengths and he would just let us go. And I remember, you know, one of the things I did was, you know, sideline, baseline, out of bounds, and the and. The first game that I had that responsibility, we were playing at the Hearn Center, and and there was I think a second or two left on the clock, and the game was on the line, and there was a timeout, and I had the I looked at him, and he handed me the board. He said, "I don't know why you're looking at me. This is you, with no input whatsoever." And and by the way, that play didn't work, and we lost. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, but look what it did. It but I learned again <laughs> what that meant for me. And I tried to always remember that for guys, you know, that worked for me. And and I know Dave well enough. Dave considered that a win because he knew long term that was going to pay off, right. even if short term they lost the game that night. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm going to get one more question in before we have to break. Um, I, this you're going to nerd it up with me a little <laughs> bit because this is something I, you know, that's everybody that listens to this show knows that this is near and dear to my heart. Let's talk about the mental part of the game because. The difference between good and great and great and the best to me is the mental. You can work on the physical skills, you can work on the sports specific skills, but if you don't also work on the mental skills, you're not getting that trifecta for success. And so um, what was your philosophy on working on the mental part of the game? I'll tell a funny story first. So. 
So when we would run, we had a seventh and eighth grade camp, and on the lat on the next to last day, I would bring my players in that wanted to work camp, and they would do. We would take the kids through some drills, and the kids would we'd have a draft that night after camp. So those guys would draft their teams, and then the next day they had forty five minutes to practice with them. Carte blanche, do whatever you want. Well, we were in the middle of trying to run the triangle at this time, and Phil Jackson was everything. Two of my guys took their team down of seventh, eighth graders and did Zen learning down in the classroom for 40 minutes. Now, they went 0-4 in okay. the tournament. I just want to let they you know. Forgot, they forgot the other two parts. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I guess from the mental part, I don't even know if this is mental so much, but it was... And I, 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 I'm going to mention a couple other programs other than Bill, but I would lump Bill in with this. There were there were two programs that for me were very. Uh, these were places that mentally I thought we had to be on par with, and if we were, we could compete with anybody. And I think Bill would agree with me because he's had exposure to both. The preparation that David Fox would put in with the Jays was unparalleled. I mean. I would I would have to open my suit coat and I would wear a, a suit coat every game against Jeff City because I would have to hide signals because I knew they knew everything we were doing. <laughs> so preparation to be able to to be able to play with the Jaybirds. The other one was from a competitive standpoint was Webster Groves. I knew if we could play as hard and deal with the pressure that Jay's team would bring. I mean, we would do drills where two guys were literally assaulting a guy with a ball in practice. And, uh, you know, I just felt like from a mental standpoint, even though we were preparing for Team X that had a record of 4-21, and 21, I told our guys, we're preparing for this. Yes. And so that was our mental outlook. No matter what our talent level was, we just wanted to always be on par with trying to, to do our job to be able to play with guys like that. And see that you can have, you know, the visualization, the zen, you can have all that stuff off the court, but... That right there, that's mental coaching right there. That mental toughness and, and getting them prepared for that. And I guarantee Coach Gunn's getting ready to talk about expectations <laughs> and that that's part of his mental. <laughs> because well, that's true. And the, being prepared. I just remember my junior year, we had a new coach come. And so I had, my last two years, I played for a guy named Coy Spurlock. And, and really for the first time in my entire athletic career, he, he, he was strong as an ox. He would play with us. He would knock you into next week. But when he would get really fired up, he would take his finger and he would jab it into his temple and he would say, think, and he would hit himself so hard, but he would talk about mental toughness and he, and he just preached it and preached it and preached it. And at that time in my life, I really needed to hear it. Um, how I, just how I was raised and things like that. It was just, I could go on about that, but I won't, but I really needed to hear it. And I don't think I was a hundred percent ready for it. But I certainly learned from it. And then as I went on, and I remember when I got hired as a head coach, I was 23. And so the first thing I did was I went to Bobby Knight's one-man clinic where he spent three days, just three full days immersed. And, and he would say, the mental is to physical as four is to one. 
And as I get older, I think that's low. I don't think it's four to one. I think it's like 40 to one. Yes. And, yes, um, and so we, and agree, I, it was so much about, and that's why I, it's, it's why we, why we miss coaching basketball yeah. because there's so many things that you go into a game and you don't know your best player is going to hurt his ankle on the second play, or there's going to be a foul trouble. There's, you know, you just don't know and you have, but you can't just quit. And I would always, you know, struggle in our school system where we allowed people to do makeup work a quarter at a time and they could make up tests and they could do all these things and i always kind of argued that in life we don't always get those makeup opportunities but i know in athletics we don't because believe me jay blossom put it on me a few times <laughs> and we'd be down you know 20 to 2 in the first quarter and i wanted to go hey i want to retest you know i, I want to start over that never happened. And there were so many times where we would spot them a 10-point lead and play dead even the rest of the game. But I think there's so many times where that mental toughness comes into play. And um, I read this way too late in life, Shane, but I read Zen Golf recently. And there's so many things now that I wish I'd have known back then but but it has helped my golf game. So you yeah. know, well, I, still, I still I played with him. It. The guy can play. I still oh, believe, I still believe in that mental toughness. <laughs> As an aside, though, I gotta say this. So we go back to Bob Knight and 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 do coaches. Are coaches happy? I heard him say this once, and this is good for parents and fans to hear. Somebody asked him in a press conference. He said, "Coach, you just don't look like you enjoy yourself." And he said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, you work in an office, right? And the guy said, yeah, I do, coach. He said, do you ever make copies? He said, yeah, that's part of what I have to do. I walk over to the copier, I put the paper in, I get 10 copies. He goes, are you laughing and giggling while you're making those copies? He said, well, no, it's pretty boring. Or he said, it's, it's part of my job. He said, well, you've just answered your question. I'm working. <laughs> And if you if you do want a little chuckle, you can Google Bobby Knight uh, talking about game face. That was uh, one yeah. of his favorite things. Not that he's always the best face? example, but I yeah. thought that's a yeah. pretty good story. We are dating good. ourselves. But <laughs> it sounds like I need, uh, that the next time we get together, we need to have Jay Blossom here. It sounds like he needs to come on the show as well. Well, he that's has. A he's still coaching, coach. so yes, he, yeah. he's, he has a different perspective. He's still making memories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so true. That's so true. Well, I can't thank you enough. This has been wonderful. Last week, and then being able to to carry over to this week, I appreciate your time. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak just for a quick second on the assistant coaches you've had, the players you've had, the parents of those players. Thank you for what you've done because um, it is it's no secret that you are two of the best coaches that have ever came out of this entire area. And I can't thank you enough for what you've done for the game, not just your programs, but where your work with the Missouri Basketball Coaches association and how you've promoted the game of basketball and what it does for kids so there's my mushy part of the show thank you from a selfish standpoint jenny <laughs> i will say those years that i was doing the newsletter and I, I gary filbert gets mentioned on this show a lot and i got goosebumps right now thinking about him but when gary filbert asked me to do the newsletter that was one of the greatest honors of my life mm -hmm. and that that 10 or 12 years that i got to work with you guys and getting to go to our meetings and and not being on the sideline those were some of the best years of my life, and I, I'll always treasure those. That's awesome. awesome. Same, and I started this thing talking about relationships, and I'll yeah. end it there, <laughs> there because go. it's the same thing. The reason you're sitting in our living room or you know, dining room is because of the relationship and, and uh, you know, again, what you're doing for coaches in that area are so mm -hmm. important, and the fact that you're over 200 episodes or something, it, it, you know, and people want to sponsor, and more importantly, people want to listen. 
um, is a tribute to what you do. And so I know Shane and I are uh, appreciative of the opportunity to to talk again because we like to talk, but uh, <laughs> but also just share. So thank you. Well, thank you, and I definitely would love to have you all back on again sometime. So we appreciate it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move into our next segment. We'll take our break. We'll be right back here on a coach's perspective. Thanks again to Coach Shane Matson and Coach Bill Gunn. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins. I want to thank Coach Shane Matson, Coach Bill Gunn for their time and their efforts and their wisdom. We really appreciated a, a chance to sit down and talk with them. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar. Hey, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call, and they will take care of you. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Go to westlogging.com. Contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. And we want to send gratitude as well to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance for also sponsoring this segment. I did get to catch up with another coach uh, from the Jefferson City area. And I think that uh, Coach Gunn and Coach Matson are going to enjoy what he has to say. So take a listen to Coach Dave Fox. Well, listeners, I've been telling you how great these coaches are, and we've enjoyed our interview and hearing all of their wisdom, but don't take my word for it. During the interview, you heard them mention more than once Coach Dave Fox. So I thought, you know, if you don't believe me how great these coaches are, maybe you'll believe Coach Fox. And so I have him here. Uh, Coach Fox, tell me a little bit about this assistant you had a long time ago who became a lifelong friend. Tell me about Bill Gunn and what you think about him as a coach. Well, first, Jenny, thank you so much for the opportunity and and share about some great people. Uh, certainly, you mentioned Bill Gunn, and uh, you know, Bill's from a small town, Cuba, Missouri. Um, kind of think you think about coaches and uh, certainly athletes, great former athlete, and just kind of their life path. And uh, you know, started for, from a school, went to Cuba High School, and uh, spent time coaching there. Connected with Bill at a three point shooting clinic. It's just crazy, and uh, he brought some kids up. And just like many successful coaches, coaches in general, really take a lot of pride in what they do and always are looking for ways to gain an advantage. And that's exactly how the relationship with Bill Gunn started and uh, spent four years on our staff at Jeff City High School. Unbelievable asset. No question. He was ready for bigger and better times and really happy and fortunate for him that got hooked up and uh, obviously had a great success and a great career in the St. Louis area. And uh, as this day, uh, my wife, Jana, and his wife, Brandy, Bill, and I still beyond connected. Uh, we've taken several trips. We've been abroad a couple of times, and uh, it's just a relationship. And as you know, coaching and teaching is about relationships. And, uh, and I'll share this about Bill, and, and um, he's the ultimate teacher. He's the ultimate educator. Uh, and you know that we don't make a lot of money. But if you're in the profession, it's not necessarily monetarily. It's about the relationship you have, uh, whether it's colleagues like I have with Bill and Brandy uh, or it's the kids. And, uh, you know, I track and I'm not active on social media, but just uh, attending weddings, uh, you know, from his former students. And those are the paydays and uh, the ultimate relationship guy. And uh, I am extremely happy to call him a very good friend. 
Well, that's fantastic. Excellent. Well, I had this other character on the show too. Can you say anything about oh. Shane Matson as a coach? In oh, person? wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Shane is, uh, is another one. And what a great job. Uh, two great guys to interview. Um, again, they're consummate, they're consummate educators and coaches. You know, I'm, I'm old school, as you very well know. I think teaching is coaching. I think coaching is teaching. And uh, obviously athletics and the coaching profession the values of that add to uh, the, the growth and development of our kids. And Shane also like Bill, uh, Eldon, Missouri, you know, and still has ties and connections in Eldon, uh, University of Missouri guy. Shane also was a great basketball player uh, at Eldon High School. Uh, no, spent some time with Coach Norm Stewart and uh, at the University of Missouri. Um, but another guy that's connected. And uh, even though I never actually got to have Shane on my staff, I certainly coached against him uh, a long, long time. Uh, he opened, uh, I believe he was the first head coach at Marquette High School, and uh, obviously uh, had an outstanding career. And much like with Bill, Shane is, man, the consummate professional educator. Um, I think you and I know, uh, having relationships, being involved in the Missouri Basketball Coach Association for a long, long time, both Bill and Shane, way and beyond, uh, way and beyond I'm sorry, the call of duty uh, for the success of our association. And um, I'll finish with this. And, and, and you're a great friend. We've talked before. We all have a common bond that I think has led to where we all are today, especially from the success as well as relationships um, and just how how we are. And that's Gary Filbert. Um, he was the consummate professional. And I know, uh, like you uh, and Bill and Shane, we learned an awful lot from Coach. And uh, I think he has a lot to do with uh, the connectivity of of these these great people you mentioned in Shane and Bill and uh how fortunate uh, again I am to call Shane a great friend too that's wonderful all right listeners you heard it so if you didn't take my word for it coach Dave Fox fantastic i really appreciate you taking the time uh, to share your insights about these two coaches well, and Jenny, thank you for your platform and what you do. Um, it's just awesome that uh, uh, you continue to promote not only, um, you know, great coaches and great teachers, but also uh, sports. And so I thank you, and I really appreciate it, and I'm honored to be on with you today. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And good luck with the Show Me Stay games. <laughs> thank you very much. I'll take it. All right. Coach Dave Fox. We're now going to be joined by Coach Jay Blossom. Coach Jay Blossom, who has, it seems like, decades. I know that that you said you'd only been coaching for a little over 30 years, but it seems like you've been coaching a long time. I can't imagine you not being on the sidelines. You were at Northwest Hughesville. You were at Waterloo, Principia, but... For 20 years, you were at Webster Groves, and uh, you had a couple of opponents that you played on a pretty consistent basis, and that was Shane Matson and Bill Gunn, and we just got through um, interviewing them, and I was hoping that maybe I could ask you a little bit about them as coaches. Um, let's start with Coach Gunn. Tell me a little bit about Coach Gunn as a, as a coach and a person. Well, first off, a great coach, and it's kind of funny. We, we first met, um, we both, we Kimmy Anderson, who was the assistant coach at Missouri, um, we both applied to work camp and we both got selected and we were both scared to death of Norm Stewart. We were scared to death that, you know, doing everything correctly. And we were so excited, you know, looking back on it, we realized we were probably having a hard time finding anybody. They would have chosen anybody, but we thought it was a big honor. And uh, so we were roommates at camp and I'll never forget Norm when they had a thing they called early 
early morning or, or breakfast or whatever, you know, where you worked out beforehand. And he fired a coach for coming in flip-flops. And, oh, my God, Bill got an eye. I bet we didn't sleep that next night. We were just so worried about doing everything correctly, being on time. But <laughs> that's where that's where we first met. And then he became, you know, he, he was, I think, coaching at Cuba and then became an assistant coach for one of my biggest mentors, Dave Fox, at, at Jeff City. Uh, so we stayed in touch and, and I was, became pretty good friends. We traveled some more families together. And then um, he took a job at, at Northwest uh, Cedar Hills. And when I was at Webster, they were in our conference. And, and obviously we had, we had a lot more talent what what they did, but um, we played, I'll never forget this. We played at their place one time on, I, I have no idea why, but it was like a four o'clock Saturday afternoon, which was Valentine's Day, and our guys got there, and he had the slowest country music going that I've ever heard. Obviously, I've you know that was not what my guys listened to, and I think we ended up winning the game like forty to thirty-seven. It was just like a you know, and it was God, I'll never forget that. It was, but he always knew how to motivate his kids, and uh, you know, he was always prepared, and you know, but I think. You know, I think Bill and then also, you know, Shane Matt, that to me, their biggest legacy is they always, they always gave so much back uh, to the game of basketball in the state of Missouri from working with the coaches association to their, you know, Bill with most sports. Shane did a lot of times a newsletter for the coaches association. They're just, they were so involved and spent so much extra time, you know, promoting the game, promoting their kids, promoting other coaches. And I, to me, that's, to me, that's their, their lasting legacy, but, but that's how Bill and I met. It was, you know, we've been friends a long time. And now obviously when he went to Kirkwood, that was, you know, it's Webster Kirkwood is a pretty personal battle. And that, that was, that was a little tough. (laughs) To be honest, just you know, when you got a good friend across the way and the pressure to win that game and stuff, but but we had some great games. I mean, he won, he got a few against us that, that hurt in district play, but you know, we got our few also. But they were they were always great battles, and his teams were always you know extremely well prepared. Um, you know, and like I said, I think I but I think the the lasting legacy is just all he did for for the game of basketball in the state of Missouri when when he was coaching. I, I agree with you. I think he was one of the, those coaches and it is one of those people that just, he doesn't just worry about his program and his team. He looks a little bit more globally and tries to promote the game. Um, oh you know, yeah. And he, he, you know, he'd be one of those guys, you get an email at 2 a.m. I mean, he just, he never needed sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how you do all that, but he was, you know, he just yeah. has so much, he always had so much going on. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm sure that he was, um, he was always trying to promote the game, but I would say when that, uh, when that clock started running, it was go time and he was very competitive. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and and they both were, I mean, we had, you know, I mean, yeah, our, our games were extremely competitive. Um, you know, he was driven, I was driven. We both had really good staff, good players. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I you know, I miss those Western Kirkwood games to be honest. It was <laughs> You know, it's just something that always got your blood going, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Well, then you've got this 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 guy named Shane Matson, right? You've got this coach, you know, that he's over at Marquette. You that's you know also you've had a lot of battles with him. Tell me a little bit about um, your relationship with Shane as a coach and and as a friend. Yeah, so also you know he was he was a a manager for Norm Stewart at Mizzou, so that's where I first met him and. Um, you know, he was an assistant at Marquette when I was helping Ken Libby 
uh, at at Lindbergh for a couple of years. We kind of met, and then he got the head the head job at Marquette, and then I eventually got the the head job at Webster. And um, you know, I, I I guarantee if you talk to Shane Madison now, he could probably tell you more about what we did offensively and defensively than I did. I mean, they were, <laughs> I mean, no one prepared better than he did. I mean, I seriously, sometimes I just look down at the end of the bench and almost, you know, like, why don't you go ahead and call what we're doing? And <laughs> I, you know, and the thing about his teams is they, and once again, I don't mean this, but we, I just, you know, we probably had better players most years than what they had, but they, I mean, they were always one of our toughest games, no matter what. I mean, they just, you know, they took away what we did well. They kept his teams in the game. And, he, you know, he gave his kids a chance to win. And they, you know, he's just always so prepared. And, um, you know, we were, I, you know, I remember the first time we coached against each other, which I guess was 99-2000. And we had like a double overtime game that was just insane. And, Afterwards, we, I mean, there was pictures. He's down on all, all fours like a dog. I've lost my mind. And it was, it was just a lot of fun looking back. We laughed about that game all the time. Um, but once again, just another, another guy who just, you know, he just spent so much time with the Coast Association promoting the game, growing the game. I mean, he always did really. I mean, I mean, he talked at senior night for all of his kids. I mean, we played a couple senior nights there. And I just, you know, to, to get through that, you know, with your emotions intact and stuff. I just, I just think he did a lot to promote his kids and his program and obviously went on to be a very successful athletic director also. But, um, you know, almost, oh, yeah. almost the same as Bill, though, just for what, they, for what they gave back and how well their teams were always prepared um, for, you know, every game they played. Well, and, and one of the reasons that I interviewed them, you know, out, now that they're out of coaching and they're in the business world, I, you know, I want young coaches to hear, and I want young coaches to hear what you're saying about these coaches, you know, and so that you can have some objectives and some goals when you get into this profession of how you want people to view you uh, when, when you leave the profession. And I think they're great examples of that. They had a lot of impact, not just on their players and their program, but coaches across the state, yourself included. Yeah, it, without a doubt. And, you know, and that's one thing I would, I would encourage young coaches too. I mean, you know, if there's, you know, if there's a retired coach in, in your district that, that used to do good, that I, I can almost guarantee if you reach out to him, he'll want to give back some. And, and it's always good. You know, I, what I found was really helpful. I would bring in, you know, old coaches just to, you know, watch us practice and then, you know, talk to me honestly ask me what, what they like what they didn't like what we need to work on and I think it keeps it's a way of giving back to old coaches but it keeps them involved in the game plus it's I think it's a great opportunity for young coaches to to learn from guys who have been through it before and and you know what they went through and the stuff that worked the stuff that didn't work and I just think I know that's a different subject we're talking about but I do think that's great for young coaches I think they should you know, reach out because there's a lot of great coaches who have recently retired um, or, you know, stepped away that I that I know would, would still love to give back. Yes. And they would so enjoy that opportunity. Well, I I know that I want to be very respectful of your time. I know that it's summer and I, I sure do appreciate you taking the time to to talk about Coach Madsen and Coach Gunn. And I really appreciate it. Well, no, you bet. And I appreciate all you're doing for, you know, for, for basketball in the Springfield area and stuff like that. And always and always enjoy seeing it at the state tournament and hopefully <laughs> I hope you broadcast one of my games here again soon. That means we're in the final four. 
<laughs> I would love to. So, uh, but uh, all right, well, keep doing your thing. Thanks. And uh, Thank you. You know, I look forward to talking to you again. You bet. Right, Take care. It's Jay Blossom. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You betcha. Let's move into our post-game talk. Our post-game talk is sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction has been providing high quality and industrial commercial construction since 1966. This family-owned and operated business puts a personal touch on all of its full-service commercial and industrial projects. Visit their website at story.com, S-T-O-R-E-E.com. High quality service and high quality satisfaction. Give Story Construction a call for your next project. Now, if you want to see show lineups that are coming up or listen to previous shows or get more information about the show, you can go to a acoachesperspective.com. You can subscribe and be added into a drawing, or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. We're very grateful for the two shows that Shane Matson and Bill Gunn uh, were able to, to give us, and, and a lot of that wisdom, and we appreciated the, the guest appearances as well, from the executive director of the Show Me State Games, Dave Fox, and, of course, a longtime veteran successful basketball coach, Jay Blossom. Thank you so much for their time. Now for our post-game talk. I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. I actually found um, a couple of resources that I want to share with you. Uh, one of them is from Theodore Roosevelt from April 10th, 1899. He wrote what is called the Competitor's Creed. And you may think, okay, from 1899, what does that have to do with sports now? How does that relate? It has such a wonderful flow to it, and it captures the spirit of competition. And I really um, enjoyed reading this, and I wanted to share it with you tonight. So this is by Theodore Roosevelt, written on April 10th, 1899, and it's titled, The Competitor's Creed. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievements and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither defeat nor victory. Theodore Roosevelt, April 10th, 1899. Again, I like the way that he captures spirit of competition. And for your challenge this week, I would like to ask you to promise yourself some things. I want you to promise yourself to be strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. I want you to promise yourself to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. Promise yourself to think only of the best. Promise yourself to be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. Promise yourself to forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. Promise yourself to give the greater achievements of the future. Promise yourself to give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. And promise yourself to be too large for worry, too strong 
for fear and too happy to permit the presence of trouble. That is how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective. Oh,